it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. Well, this is quite retro because I've got a guest back who was my guest on episode three, uh, which was back in July last year. And well, actually, I don't know when this this episode is going to go out this month, so it'll be April. Uh, just short of a year ago, I had this guest um, and it was a treat then and it's going to be a treat now. And oh, geez, look, look at the suspense. Well, it's not suspense because it'll be on the cover of this podcast. <laughs> Gee, Tricia, get a grip. John Esperian, welcome back to the land of Make It Real. How are you doing? Fantastic, Tricia. Thank you very much for having me back. I was, I was too good to keep away, you see. I know. Um, I, <laughs> I'm honoured to be here. And I, yeah, I'm hopeful that people don't mistake me with however many other John Esperians might be out there. It's just me. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of my favourite podcasts, actually, and I'm really... I'm really so proud of you for putting this thing together and staying consistent with it. And I'm not just buttering you up. I think it's really good content that the, the interviews are really interesting. Thank you. It's fab. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely oh, Listeners, I'm, I've just melted in my seat <laughs> now. I, I can't do this interview now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wreck. Um, that was so lovely. And I think, well, you just mentioned consistency and we might be talking about that in a minute because uh, that is that is what makes these things well it's one of the things that makes things work so i'm going to say right up front here that john we we touched on this in the original interview that john had a book that he was working on and that it was going to come out this year we're now very close so when this episode comes out we'll be more or less days away from this book being out on amazon um, and so I think that there's two things about this. One is the actual content of the book, which is fascinating because it will, it, there's some really interesting good stuff for you to pick up on as we talk about it, including consistency and um, your brand shape, as John calls it, which I really like as a, as a word, shape, um, but also looking at the process of writing this frigging book because none of these things are easy and you will discover from john um that getting a book out there is not easy why would you do it this might be the time we're in covid19 period uh have you got this weird time structure going on where you're thinking actually could this be the moment when i actually get on with this job of writing the book i've been saying i'm going to do for months and months and months and years so this will give you some very practical and very good insights into the mindset and everything else i think that goes along with this because as i keep saying it's not easy now it's not been very easy for john at all recently because um, when you launch a book, you'd quite like to be out in public. Um, so, yeah, tell us what what were your plans, John, for launching this book that have gone a bit weird? Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, the main thing was to do a book launch at the Atomicon 
conference in Newcastle, which was going to have probably upwards of 700 delegates. So that would have been a perfect opportunity to meet and greet people, do some signings, take some selfies, and and just get to know people a bit better and promote the book. That would have been a perfect opportunity. And then, of course, next month at May, we would have had the You Are the Media conference in Bournemouth. And that's where I was due to be speaking a little bit about content DNA, a bit about LinkedIn. And that's that's still going to happen, but not for some months down the line. So it's a bit frustrating, but there's absolutely nothing I can do about it uh, or anyone else can do about it. So I'm making the best of a, a bad fist by moving things online and doing things like virtual book launches. So I'm doing webinars and, and that kind of thing, you know, interviews um, just to try and get some some promo around the book. So, yeah, it's not ideal, but I guess I've made peace with it now. I can't really affect it. So, yeah, just, uh, just get on with it and hope that people find some value, even though they won't be able to meet me now. But maybe in a few months time, they can. They'll be they'll just be all the more eager to meet you when <laughs> when the world allows us to um but yeah I, I i a classic example of many people who are having to um adapt and the great thing about john is that he doesn't pretend that he's skipping around on rainbows all the time um that you know he shares honestly that he this will have you know knocked him back like it would any human being um but you know he's he's out there and um uh, motivating himself through all these challenges, which is what we have to do. So, the tell us the strap, tell us the um, title and strap line, strap line, as a technical word, listeners, of your book. Yes, the book is called Content DNA, and the strap line is using consistency and congruence to be the same shape everywhere, which is a little bit. Um, it, I think some people might not fully understand what that means, but in a nutshell, there are two main things I think you need if you want to build a personal brand and create content that gets noticed and remembered and preferred. And the first is to have a really clear shape to your business presence, um, something that is recognizably you instantly, both visually and in text. And then to show up for long enough to people for people to have that shape imprinted on their brain so that you are the person who occupies their memory slot for whatever it is you do. And if you can achieve that status in people's minds, then you're going to be the first person that they think of when they, they want a copywriter or a marketer or a logo designer or whatever it is that you do. So this is the idea that I've been building for the last 10 years of being a copywriter and it's what I tell all of my copywriting clients they come to me asking for words and I ask them what is the DNA of your business what shape are you trying to put into the world what do you stand for what language is going to resonate with your audience and I don't think you can find true communion with your audience unless you know yourself first and when you know yourself and you put that out, you start attracting those people who identify and those people who identify will like you more. They'll stick around longer. They'll pay you more. They'll understand when things go wrong. They'll tell your, their friends and family about you. These are all brilliant things. They can't identify with you until you 
put yourself out there properly. You can't expect people to be mind readers. So this book is about getting that right so that you know what you stand for and so that other people can very quickly identify and remember what you stand for. And a proportion of those will love it. And some people will absolutely hate it and that's fine. So, it's quite, yeah, it's quite that's, that's my summary of what I'm trying to get with this book. Yeah, no, I love it. It's quite interesting actually, because we were just chatting and um, uh, John remembered when we were at an event, it was a year of the media uh, thing and it was by the seaside and Mark Schaefer was giving a talk and um, who, by the way, has done the foreword to John's book, which is just a classic example actually of what happens when you take the time and trouble to build relationships and do all the things that John just said we should all be doing because then people get to know you and you attract those people etc it's not you know he hasn't paid Mark Schaefer he hasn't bribed him he has you know this is relationship building and this is what happens these are the rewards of it um sorry I went off on one there but you know we, we John remembers me being asked by Mark um you know what I did <laughs> <laughs> and rem remembers observing my blabbering, rambling, utterly unmemorable response. And then also remembers a sort of unlocking moment where I, I shortly after this, clearly thinking, geez, Trish, you've got to sort this out, really started this journey of all the things that John has just said, you know, creating my shape. And it's true, isn't it, John, that people, it, that's the starting point. When you find yourself not being able to answer the question, what do you do? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I'd met you before that point and you were really personable, you're fun, you're easygoing, but none of that was coming out in your content. And now you've got this consistency of your podcast where clearly you're showing your personality. It's called Make It Real and that is exactly you as a person and you've got your you've, you've got your fun videos going on linkedin where you're doing the you know you're, you're calling on your acting background so that's coming to the fore as well that's clearly something that you love so you're putting it into your business content and people who see you will not just think of, oh there's just another communications consultant it will be oh yeah she's the detective on linkedin you know so th that's perfect because that makes you noticeable and memorable and therefore it will make you preferable so you are exhibiting content mm. dna even though you haven't read the book yet but you're, you're <laughs> doing the right things and i would wager that your business is in a better place now than mm. it was a year ago because of that yeah and it and it takes it's funny because it's it i always say it seems to be the most freaking obvious thing that you should put your real self out there that you should and and yet and yet it's actually really really hard because there's a part of us that think well it's a vulnerable thing it's a bravery thing because you think oh this isn't very doesn't look very professional or people won't yeah. like this yeah. way I am and they won't you know I must be more like other people who seem yeah. to be successful and we get into all these silly 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 mind places so when you when you're advising somebody and this will be in your book on the sort of building blocks of working on this shape yeah. where where do we where do we start well i kind of related it to uh, the reason i use dna is because it's the, it's that thread that that goes through every part of your business so this isn't actually just about creating content which is what i specialize in but it's 
it's how your business operates, the way you treat your people, the messages you give as well. But it's really everything about what you stand for. And so DNA seemed to be the right term for me to use with businesses. And from that, I got the idea because there are four nuclear bases in DNA, uh, you know, the four letters. Uh, that you might have seen in all those really long codes that get printed in books um well, that's quite that's that that, 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 that whoa <laughs> i love the way yeah. you've just thrown that bit of i don't even know what to call it right. <laughs> physics <laughs> it's well biochemistry i guess thank right? you thank uh, you yeah you might have seen the a c g and t and and, and if you make okay. a combination of all of those things in a massive long string mm. then you get a human being or you get a banana or you get an earthworm and if you looked at all the code it would all look pretty much the same but a few changes here and there can radically change what what an organism is and so uh, i came up with this idea of just saying choosing four uh, possibly five base values building blocks as i call them and use those to inform everything that you do um, in your business and um, the big mistake that clients always come to me with when they come to me to write words for their website is they say the same kind of things they'll say you know we want to be professional we want to be approachable and you know th these are just hygiene factors I mean everyone should be professional everyone should be approachable um, should be obvious really but um, if you want to create something that's memorable then you need to you need to scratch a bit deeper and see what's a bit more important to you so this work involves some introspection it may involve talking to trusted friends and colleagues uh, it involves looking at your content diet you know what kind of things do you consume and what do those things say about you you know if you're a daily mail reader who um, you know, maybe also subscribes to the sun and wash it, watches trashy TV and ta eats takeaway every night. You, <laughs> you maybe you're a different kind of person to, you know, the independent reader or the economist reader or what have you. So, so your content diet can tell you a bit about what shape you, you might really be. And there are a couple of other methods that you can use to try and identify these things. But it, it really comes down to introspection and, and understanding what matters to you and then finding a way to weave that into your business story so that it comes out in everything that you do. In my case, so I've used myself as an example, I talk about you know, my, my sense of being relentlessly helpful, which was a completely chance thing that came along when I was speaking to Mark Schaefer on stage at a conference and he asked me how I'm going to remain relevant and superior and I said, I, I'm going to create relentlessly helpful content. And I just had a moment and thought, that, that is, that's what I do. That's me in a nutshell. And I put some other brand values about around that when I thought about it. And, and, and since then, my, my profile has just been going up and up and up because I keep staying true to these things and I keep turning up. I'm always in the conversation. And, you know, whether you like it or not, probably you'll notice me somewhere on LinkedIn, for example. And and some people will like that and other people won't. And that's another important part that I've mentioned in the book is that you can't try to appeal to everyone. Um, some, as someone once said, you know, unless you've got a cure to cancer that tastes like chocolate, not everyone is going to be interested in what you're doing. Right. So, you know, you, you do have to make peace with the fact that you're probably going to um, 
divide the room a little bit and not be everyone's cup of tea and that should be okay and that, that, that speaks also to what you were saying earlier is that there's a lot of issues that people have about wanting to sound professional and, and being afraid maybe to reveal the real selves uh, and you just need um, you need to come to a place of acceptance I think about who you are and what you're trying to be and I'm not the person anymore who goes into a client meeting with a suit and tie on I just wear a t-shirt because that's me I am jeans and t-shirt I am not suit and tie and if you don't like it that's fine there are other writers who are suit and tie and you'll probably be much happier with them anyway um, <clears throat> As a personal brand, there's enough to sustain me out there if I appeal to the people who are like me and who like what I stand for. And so mm. I just need to dial up what I stand for so those people can see those signals more clearly. Actually, that that's really interesting like, that you just said about dialing up because I was actually just thinking about clothes because it's funny because part of me resists talking about all that stuff because there's a bit of my brain which goes into sort of rebel mode that says oh it's so superficial we shouldn't be talking about claims um which there is an element of that that is probably true but actually you know perfectly well that when you put certain clothes on you either feel right or you feel a bit weirdly uncomfortably wrong and it's just because you know so for me if i if i put heels and a dress on i say this <laughs> I feel like a man in drag. <laughs> I am actually a woman and I have no idea why this happens, but I don't feel right. Okay, yeah. so therefore, if I was trying, which I was in the early days when I was going to networking things, trying to be more, in inverted commas, the professional look, yeah. it, it affected my entire persona. It affected my, just the way I stood, felt, talked and felt afterwards as well in terms of quite sort of miserable like i just betrayed my soul so yeah. it can be quite subtle you might not realize you're doing it to begin with but actually those little signs and they're not superficial i was talking to a client recently who and we started talking about you know sort of a, a certain kind of clothing and she just lit up because this was actually yes this was what she wanted to be out there in because actually that said so much about this person and yeah. and it does so it does matter it's not it's only superficial if you're doing it superficially yeah it i think the online version of you and the offline version of you really ought to be the same version of you mm. And that just seems to be more important than ever now, now that we're all stuck at home and talking to be people only online right now. Um, but I think it's really, really important because otherwise people will just start to wonder, won't they? They'll just wonder, mm. which version of you am I getting today? Or which version of you is real? So it would be stupid of me to turn up in, je you know, in jeans and T-shirt if I were kind of reserved guy and if I if, if I turned up in a tuxedo somewhere and then you looked at my online web copy and me being smiley and jolly and bouncy and, and stupid sometimes and putting cartoons all over the place that wouldn't make any sense either you just wonder what the hell was going on so I'd rather be one shape all the time and for, for plenty of people not to like that than, than to try and be a chameleon you do not exactly. want to be a social chameleon it's very easy to fall into that trap. And I, and I probably did for some time because I was raised to be a people pleaser. And so that means just bending to other people's will. Um, but that there's no long-term satisfaction. You lose yourself if you do those things. So 
my 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 call to action there is to just be brave and look inside and see what is you and then represent that and if that means that maybe some clients you you have to let go because they don't like the fact that maybe you want to dye your hair pink or god knows what you want to do that's okay because there will be people out there who absolutely love it and who get you and identify and they want to you know shout from the rooftops about how great you are and as i said earlier they'll pay you more they'll they'll be your advocates you want to build advocates fans um, mm. and you can't do that by by pretending and hiding um it's just exactly. it's not the way to be if you look at the people that you admire in your own personal life or you know celebrities or leaders they're not fakes they they are you know they might be divisive but you you know what you're going to get and you admire them for that being them yeah and um, the and the dialing up thing is quite it's what i call tweaking um which is simply that sometimes you do curate and tweak your um your your presence but not but but again that's not being inauthentic it's being sensible because there are there's context involved there's a but it's not but you but the core remains the core so for instance you might not always wear blue t-shirts but you wear the t-shirt is the core but and the it always being blue because that's your brand color and what people are going is the sort of tweak if you like because yeah we don't necessarily wake up every day if we're not out there trying you know wearing the same color or what so no, sure. so you, yeah you know don't be afraid i mean it doesn't mean that the minute you just slightly curate something that you've gone into inauthentic fake land it, it, it it's ha it's why you're doing it um you know so i might put a bit of blusher on before i do a video because i'm thinking geez i look pale today that doesn't make me a fake person because generally i don't wear makeup it just means well you know the camera kind of bleaches you out a bit i just do that. so all of these things you just sometimes have to dive and the same with your when you appear you, you might think well i don't want to appear that often on linkedin because i you know it's not like it's not me to be you dial it up a bit you think, well i just go a bit further than i might you know in an everyday scenario so i just really need to really really get inside your life of publishing a book here because mm -hmm. there will be including myself um, there will be lots of people out there i think who are either slightly on the journey considering it or might have even been on it and felt very dissatisfied with the with the outcome because maybe they missed out a few steps or didn't quite yeah. understand the the horrendously um well you tell us what has it felt like when did you start well it's been two years in the making and i've been writing mostly on the weekends um so that i can keep a business going during the week so it you know potentially i could have done this a lot sooner but it would have meant it would have meant taking a hit on income so it's that it's that level of effort required to get this thing done um, i was advised when i started that i'd have more control over the process if i self-publish so i decided to go down that route but even though anyone can self-publish and you could write a script and get it uploaded a couple of days later without any kind of checking i don't think that would lead to a quality product so what i wanted to do is go through the full publication um life cycle 
but being in control of it myself rather than handing it over to a publisher. So that starts with writing the manuscript. The big mistake that I made with that was not nailing down my chapter titles from day one. What I ought to have done is opened my Excel spreadsheet, written out the chapter titles in logical order and said, this is what I'm committing to writing and then writing to each of those chapters. That's what I ought to have done. What I actually did is jumped about. I wrote down random ideas. I made social media posts and then saw what flew well. And then I kind of retrofitted it and tried to work into some kind of semblance of order and then make chapters out of that. That took a lot longer. There was a lot more brain power involved in doing it that way. And it meant that I ended up duplicating a lot of things, which then had to be removed through editing because I couldn't remember where I was jumping around and have I said that already and and so forth. So that was the stupid way of doing it. And it, it meant that it probably took me six months or more longer than I ought to have to, to, to get this thing together. That was the writing bit. Um, but then I needed to get it checked professionally. And so I started by using a, a dozen or so volunteer beta readers to give me some feedback on the manuscript. And then I hired a copy editor to review the entire manuscript. Um, so that took a few weeks of, of professional editing to give me opinions and, and to make sure that uh, my basic mistakes had been taken out and that the flow was correct and that the tone was correct. Um, and then the, 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 the script had to go for typesetting. So that's where you take something from a Microsoft Word document or set of documents and turn it into something that could be printed into a book. So that's the creation of a PDF in, in something like InDesign. And that took some weeks as well to do. And then the book needs to go through proofreading. So that's <clears throat> it's a bit like editing. It's a subset of editing, really, where <clears throat> the proofreader has a second pair of eyes on the content and looks for anything that the editor has missed or potentially introduced as an, a new error. Um, and then those changes need to go back to the typesetter for another version of the, <laughs> the PDF that's to be printed. And then when you get to that stage, most business books would have an index and so indexing is a separate skill it's not done just by computers there is some manual skill involved so i had to hire an indexer to go and read all of the book again and create an index for me and once all of those things were done and the changes were incorporated and the index was incorporated into, into the pdf that is the point then that i could go to an independent print house and say, I have a manuscript that's ready to be published. Um, please do a test print of this book. So at the same time, I had a book cover designed. I had a test print of the book, which I've got right in front of me now. And, and then I needed to engage yet another company to turn that into an ebook because um, not everyone likes print. Um, some people want a digital version for their Kindle or for their Apple device. So I needed to sort that out. And finally, I'm also uh, right at the end of the process of recording each of the chapters as an audiobook. So 
Um, I've been doing all of that myself. Again, I took advice on that. I spoke, spoke to a voice actress about how best to project my voice and how to record long scripts and, and things like that. And I've created a set of yeah, 32 audio chapters now, which uh, I'm just polishing off. And that will be also available through things like Audible and, and, um, and Apple system as well. So all of that is the publishing process, if you like. And it's a, it's a lot of time required for this. So I finished writing, properly writing, at the end of November 2019. And we are now in April and I've got the first print book in front of me. So it is not a quick process. And of course, because I'm involving professionals at each stage of editing, typesetting, all of this uh, costs a fair whack of money. So we're probably looking in the region of about £3,000 for getting that book to that stage. And that doesn't include the time I spent in thinking of and writing the content, which I probably wouldn't be able to quantify even if I wanted to try. So it's... Um, it's certainly a lot of effort and given the frankly ridiculous amount that Amazon take from authors who publish uh, their books, um, you know, I might need to sell maybe a thousand copies to, 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 to actually break even on my investment there. Um, but the good news from my point of view is that the book is, although I intend many people to read it, it's not a moneymaker in itself. It is, as other people have described, the ultimate marketing tool. It's 10 years of knowledge condensed into 248 pages. And I hope that it will show people that I know a little bit about what I'm talking about and therefore it will get me uh, higher paying copywriting work. That's the, that's the end goal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's quite, I'm, I'm slightly exhausted and need a cup of tea just um, listening to all this, but you know what? I, I, this is really important, listeners, because if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing properly. You know, yes, as John said, um, in fact, I did it. I did it ages ago. I put a little ebook out on Amazon. I think it's still on there somewhere. Um, it's so easy, so easy to do. Um, but you know, this when if you think about it, three thousand. You know, it's it's a lot of money for many of us um, who are you know the only person in our business, and yeah. it. However, if you then compare it to, you know, investing in all sorts of marketing and Facebook ads and crikey knows what, yeah. um, actually, it's, it, if you think of it as an incredibly powerful marketing tool, mm -hmm. um, it's not, it's not a lot of money. But yeah, and I do not see the point of doing this. The, the other thing is being really sure what you want this book to say, to because if you're using it as a marketing tool, there's no point. You say, oh, I'd quite like to write a book about blah -de blah which is some wonderful side area of interest that you have that you could get really deep and wonderful into. When, you know, you then go out into the world with your other messages or maybe doing a talk and nobody can really put the two together. I mean, this is back to consistency and congruency, isn't it? <laughs> That's it, yeah. Yes, I thought about that very carefully. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to demonstrate that consistency and congruence in everything I do. That's, that's my whole message. And so the way I've written the book 
is in keeping with my own values the way that the you know the book cover looks is it, it just everything is meant to line up i've used the same typeface as i use on my website the idea of being congruent and knowing what to expect um is is always there so i hope that that comes through when people read it it has been a yeah it's been a long endeavor but i wanted something that would stand the test of time and i hope that um i hope the message does last the test of time i a lot of people were expecting me to write something i think that was really just around linkedin and using that better but i've stayed away from that not only because other people have done that before and you know there's plenty of that out there but because this is going into print you know this is something that's going to last and Frankly, LinkedIn might be totally different in six months' time, and I didn't want to produce something that would need to be updated constantly. I think web content is brilliant for that. I love the fact that if I make a typo on a post, I can go and edit it and change it, and I can do that on my website. You can't do that in a book. It, mm. Once it's down, it's down, isn't it? It's there. Mm. Um, and so I wanted something that was more general than just LinkedIn. Certainly the lessons in this book apply to linkedin but they apply more generally regardless of how mm. you operate your business whether you do everything through an email list or through your website or through some other social platform the ideas are the same which is you know cre create your brand identity put it out um put it out consistently um things like publishing a manifesto of what people can expect from you having a really clear idea through creating something called a pen portrait, which is your, your, your buyer persona of who you want to serve, but also producing an anti-version of that, you know, the poison portrait, the, the person that you can't stand, create that as well so that you can be on the lookout for signs of people who might become bad customers. Because that avoiding headaches is just as important as, 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 you know, doing the good stuff and bringing the money in. So all of those lessons, I think, are just generally true regardless of what your business yeah. is if you're interested in in putting your shape into the world and creating content that, that that speaks truth to that shape all of these lessons will will be true for some time to come i think oh i love that speaks truth to that shape oh that feels like a quote to me um i, I like it you know interestingly what you were saying there i was thinking as you were you were talking about your the way you came about deciding not to specify by LinkedIn and all this, which I, I think is brilliant because this is this is foundation real under yeah. the you know this is the stuff you have to build on and yeah. I, I I've been thinking a lot recently about how people can get quite nervous about putting in a way quite simple ideas out mm. there yeah. uh, in a way uh, that the stuff that that people could if you like copy could you know uh, take on that idea because you're not doing it's not uh, it's not rocket science stuff it's not you know it's not fancy words it's not buzzwords it's not yeah. equations and all sorts of things that are hidden behind like the wizard of oz you know it's it, the, uh, and people do worry because they think oh well you know santa is just talking about what i oh somebody else just talked about consistency and congruency oh my god that was my idea or yeah. in my case oh my god somebody else just used the word real impact i can't bear it 
in actual fact, when you are in that position of people being able to use these words and talk about these things, you, you've cracked it because that actually is what should be happening. And yeah. it doesn't make any sense to you. Yeah, yeah, it does. I think well, a lot of people I speak to are in that lurker category. They, they, they don't want to create stuff themselves because they think, oh, it's all been done before. And the truth is, yeah, it has all been done before, but no one else has had your sum total of life experiences. And so only you can deliver that. Um, when, when you create content, only you can have your own voice and your own life experiences. And if you can bring that to bear in, in what you put out into the world, then people will, there will be a proportion of the audience who wants to hear it from you. There'll be a proportion of the audience who couldn't give two hoots what I've got to say, but if you said a similar thing with your own style, they'd absolutely lap it up because, you know, they resonate more with you. They, they, they're more interested in your story and that's fine. You can, you can, you can reach those people that I can't. And there's always, there's always some of that going on. So just because someone else has said it, that doesn't mean that, that you can't. That's a very, very important point. And that, that holds so many people back. Uh, I'm not saying anything particularly original, but it's it's my way of saying it, and perhaps that will that will resonate with people. But but actually, that brings us to a beautiful wrap up because your way of saying it, okay? Um, I love it when uh, this is a nice thing to do, listeners, to try and come up. But you've got to do this. <laughs> don't do it in a manipulative way until your brain goes crazy because you're desperately trying to think of another word that begins with a certain letter and rhymes with another one. But if you can find like an acronym, um, it can be your very personal um, take on something and a way of helping people. So John was reminding me that in our first um, episode, uh, episode three, back in July, go and check it out. Um, we, we talked about his acronym that he was um, possibly thinking of using in the book, but hadn't decided necessarily. And because I reacted so positively to it, genuinely, enthusiastically, and because when he shared it on LinkedIn, he was getting some positive reactions, he decided, yes, yes, I will include this in the book. It clearly resonates, it makes sense, and it helps people. So go on, tell us the acronym, John. The acronym is CHAIR, which stands for Challenging helpful amusing interesting and relevant so until you've decided what your content dna building blocks are which might take you a little bit of time to kind of figure out this is a catch-all safety net that if you create content on social media or on your website that that speaks truth to maybe a couple of those items if you can make something that that maybe divides opinion or that helps people or that amuses people or that interests people or that is somehow relevant to the people that you're trying to influence if you can do those things then you'll start to make an impact and so yeah i got a good reaction to that from linkedin you reacted very well that was enough to convince me that this is something i need to hold on to it's not just something i i pr produce a nice little pretty graphic of and then toss away it's actually something i can use and so yeah it's gone into the book it's got its own chapter and um i think that's a, a useful stopgap. you know the only thing about chair is that um if you say that your content is is chair friendly if you like um then then potentially anyone could produce content of that ilk it's not well enough defined that it's you you could produce something that's chair i could produce something that's chair brilliant but it doesn't 
speak to Tricia or John. Um, so what you really want to do is work towards building a better shape that is specifically you so that when people see it, you know, the, the, the colors, the visuals, the text, the way it's written, the way it's structured, you can you could remove the logo and you could go, I know who wrote that. I know what they what they stand for. I know this is this all makes sense with the story that they're telling me. And it, it repeated exposure to, to that same shape just helps you take the, the, the top memory slot um, for your business. And if you can do that, you're just in prime position to be the person that they notice, remember and prefer. And that, that's the key to success, I think. Oh, bliss. <laughs> um, I love that. That was, oh, so I've, I've lost the plot now because I was really, really into that. Um, and by the way, listeners, if you heard the slamming of the door about five minutes ago, um, it was my lovely son. We're recording this during the global pandemic. Um, um, I'm lucky enough that I managed to have my 25-year-old son in lockdown with me. And I really like him, <laughs> as well as my husband, who I also really like. Um, but he did not realise I was doing a podcast recording. Uh, so he came in and he left um, very, very politely, but also very noisily. Um, but we'll leave that in because that's what we call making it real. And this has been yet another brilliantly, fabulously enriching, gorgeous conversation, John. John and I are lucky enough to have plenty of opportunity to um, sort of touch points with each other because we're part of a community you are the media um and we we keep popping up on zoom at the moment as well in various sort of rooms so i will see you in one of those rooms soon um i absolutely wish you massive massive good things with this book and you know what i honestly see this as the kind of book and i've got a number on my shelves but not huge amounts but the kind of book that you have on there forever that never gets taken to the charity shop <laughs> <laughs> well uh, well to be honest in the current pandemic you know it could be 248 pages of toilet paper once you finish reading it at the moment but it's more valuable as that perhaps but um thank you i'm, I'm honored by that and i hope that people do find it interesting and everyone knows where to get in touch with you by now, I'm quite sure. But you might you might go to LinkedIn. If you're not connected with John Asperian, then how daft. Um, you, you, like, you like people to follow, don't you? Yeah, I put follow first on my account because very often people just want to consume my tips. They don't actually need to be able to connect with me and see my network and be able to message me. But uh, I do welcome people to connect so long as they just say hello because um, so often I get generic uh, yeah. invitations and it's just like receiving a business card and you don't know the person from adam so uh, i'm more than happy to chat to anyone uh, non meanie non meanies welcome most and to and to get because uh, bearing in mind i think when this goes out your book will be as i say if not out a couple of days away from being out so so they can either go on to your website or go straight to Amazon. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm taking pre-orders right now for people who want a signed copy. But uh, once the Amazon launch happens, which at the moment is scheduled for the 21st of April, then then the, the easiest thing to do is to is to head over to Amazon and search for content DNA and uh, and buy a, a paper, ebook, or audio uh, copy. Yeah, or audio exactly. Mm -hmm. 
I'm a, I'm a great fan of audio actually, but the, but having said which, if the book is good, I end up paying twice because I'm paying my my monthly subscription for Audible, and then with a really good book, I just say, oh geez, I have to have that as a hard copy on my shelf. I have to, and I think this will be one of them. But anyway, I pre-ordered, so so there. Um, okay, lovely, John. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks ever so much. Thanks for having me, Tricia. Cheers. Yes. Take action. Try this one small step. Well, this is all about finding your shape and making sure that people see it. So first thing, I suggest you take a little look over all the places you show up from your articles, blogs, profiles, website, videos, whatever it is. Um, and even think about when you're showing up in person. Is it consistent? Do people get you? Will they remember you? lot of fascinating stuff you might need some show notes so head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available i give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it look forward to the next episode Never be replaced.